President Donald Trump tweets at all hours of the day and night about every subject from the very silly, blaming the celebrity apprentice's low ratings on Arnold Schwarzenegger, to the very serious, accusing President Barack Obama of wiretapping his phones during the election. That allegation, which was flatly denied by an Obama spokesman and former National Intelligence Director James Clapper, has caused a furor. President Trump has provided no evidence to back up his accusations of a felony, and neither has White House spokesman Sean Spicer. I'm just going to let the tweet speak for itself. Trump's tweets are presidential records, and he's deleted tweets since he was president. So on March 8th, the leaders of the House Oversight Committee wrote a letter to the White House counsel warning that if those tweets were not archived, it could be a violation of the Presidential Records Act. Here to discuss this latest twist on the tweets are Richard Painter, professor at the University of Minnesota Law School and a former White House ethics lawyer under President George W. Bush, and John Michaels, professor at UCLA Law School. Richard, is there any doubt that the president's tweets are official president records and should be preserved under the PRA? Well, the president's uh, tweets on the uh, POTUS uh, Twitter account are official records. His personal account, I, I don't think, is. Uh, but uh, a lot of these tweets are going to be preserved anyway because they're reproduced so quickly on the Internet. Well, John, that seems like an interesting dichotomy right there. There was a lot of uh, talk during the election campaign about Hillary Clinton when she was secretary of state using a private email server for official business. Here, the president seems to be using his personal Twitter account, which is private on a private company's uh, Internet service to do what looks like official presidenting. Uh, why wouldn't that be covered by the Records Act? So it's um, by, and part of the Records Act, though, it does require that um, uh, government officials using private uh, media uh, pl platforms for um, professional business reasons uh, have to preserve them. They have to copy them over to a government server or send them to the government office. So um, as, as Richard said, not only would it be preserved by third parties who are kind of uh, uh, snapshotting uh, these records, but they're, they're supposed to be uh, cataloged for the government as well. So since the election, Trump has deleted tweets for what seems like substantive reasons. For example, a tweet that China had stolen a U.S. Navy research drone was deleted after an hour, and some for reasons of misspellings. So past presidents have set up auto-archiving. Is he in violation of the PRA? And if so, Richard, can anyone stop him? Well, uh, you know, his personal tweets uh, really express his personal views. I, I'm not so sure those are all official records. It depends on what they pertain to. Uh, my, my concern uh, goes well beyond the preservation of the records. Uh, it is that that tweet contained um, a clear misrepresentation, and, and it's fine. Uh, you, you can legally lie on Twitter all you want. Uh, and uh, I guess, uh, short of committing slander, getting sued for it. But uh, the problem is when White House officials start to uh, defend his position with respect to wiretapping and representations are made to Congress and to executive branch agencies about alleged Obama wiretapping that's just false, 
Uh, we're getting into false statements and, and some very serious issues, and all of that is official government business. And, of course, it has to be done on official government email and, and so forth, but there may be some false statements floating around here, and that's a, that's a criminal offense if it's done in an official capacity. And, and, John, besides that, if he's using, and he is using his former account, the at real Donald Trump, if he's using that as part of his presidential duties and the way he conducts himself, isn't that the electronic messaging account for presidential records that is under the President and Federal Records Act amendments of 2014 that still has to be forwarded to an official account? So that, that is my understanding. And and to go to the broader point that I think has been uh, kind of nicely segued, that um, in, in some ways we have to be a little bit skeptical of this type of form of engagement by the, the House Oversight Committee when we're looking at kind of my, my, minor, uh, almost ministerial offenses um, when there are greater improprieties that seem to be lurking under the surface. Um, so uh, as, as much as I applaud um, diligence in, in terms of complying with the letter of the law, um, one does want to put one might want to invite further further probing along these lines. Yes, Richard, uh, you know, one can imagine a different, you know, the, the House Oversight Committee writing a different letter about these tweets, can't one? Well, yes, I, I'm very concerned about whether uh, people have been lying to Congress or lying to the Department of Justice or the FBI. If, if someone is saying there was a, an Obama-authorized wiretap, where's the evidence for that? Is this all just being made up? And, and you don't have the right to just make up information and communicate that to the FBI or to Congress. It seems as if, John, that... FBI Director James Comey has been questioned about this by people in the uh, congressional committees, but he's not come out, unlike what he did with Hillary Clinton, he's not come out and stated whether or not this was happening, which, which has been denied flatly, and there's no proof for it at all. Should he be subpoenaed to testify in the open? Um, I'm not sure we're we're there yet. On, again, on this particular inquiry, um, uh, if one were to try to, to draw distinctions, and, and I'm not trying to excuse one one behavior or another, um, the, the, the private tweets feel and look very different from the kind of classified correspondence that were at least alleged to be um, trafficking along private servers. Um, so, so I, as much as I, I, I agree that there's a a, a clear kind of sense of hypocrisy for a president to um, or, or a candidate to be uh, battering another candidate over and over again last summer over the the the, uh, uh, the uh, communications through private servers. I do think there is still a substantive difference between what um, the president may be tweeting and, and erasing um, uh, and what might be have been. Um, sent through your classified documentation that's sent from from uh, group within groups of individuals on private servers. Well, I'm certain that we are going to be hearing a lot about this in the days and perhaps weeks to come until there is some uh, resolution of this. I want to thank you both for being on Bloomberg Law. That's Richard Painter. He's a professor at the University of Minnesota Law School and a former White House ethics lawyer under President George W. Bush and John Michaels. He's a professor at UCLA Law School. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back on Monday at 1 p.m.
a.m. Wall Street time. Thanks to our technical director, Chris Tricomi, and our producer, David Sutcherman. Coming up, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson starts right now. Carol, what's up? Hi, June. I'm in our L.A. bureau here at Bloomberg News, and we're going to be talking about big tobacco catching startup fever. And, of course, we've got to talk about that monthly jobs report. We're going to talk with former Deputy Secretary of Labor Chris Liu. So a lot going on on this Friday. TGIF, by the way, June. Yes, and it would be much much better to be TGIFing in L.A. than in New York where it's snowing. So we'll be looking forward to that. Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson coming up. That's it for this Bloomberg Law Edition. We will see you again on Monday. Have a great weekend. This is Bloomberg.